Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to Modernizer Die CFML News Edition. It's February 25th, and I'm lucky enough to have Brad Wood with me today. Welcome. <laughs> You're listening to Brad Wood and Gavin Pickin. Can we get like the, you want to be a millionaire music with the lights all? Just need to up the ante, I think. Yeah, well, maybe. Can't do these lackadaisical intros anymore. Yeah, maybe into the box we can get all the flashy lighting and everything. Ooh, yeah, a, a fog machine. Tell me Luis has a smoke machine somewhere. Probably. If not, we can bring one. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll just hand out like e-cigs to everybody. We're like, all right, everybody start vaping. Go, go. No, let's not do that. <laughs> a homemade fog uh, machine. That's terrible. Probably it is terrible. Self. I specialize in the terrible, Gavin. Well, I should know that already. But, uh, <laughs> yep. Uh <laughs> Yeah, for I was like, uh, define smoke machine. Yeah. <laughs> for set off all the alarms in the hotel, mm. send everybody outside. Yeah, and that, the, that was the last year into the box was ever invited back to the, the Hyatt place in Houston. Oh, uh, actually, you know, the funny thing was uh, a few years back at CF, uh, no, Dev Objective, or maybe it was CF that time, but uh, yeah, CF Objective in the radisson i think they actually had the fire alarms go off and everybody had to go outside really? uh, some of the people were talking about it but i i guess it was a different floor than me so we didn't wait get did it happen at night it did it happen at night time yeah, like, like two o'clock in the okay. morning and everybody yeah, had to go outside <laughs> that didn't happen on my floor because i learned about it the next morning and i was like what yeah me neither yeah. i'm like wait half the building's on fire but you don't evacuate me <laughs> <laughs> that 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 does seem like a failure of the of the fire alarm system that it would only fire on like certain floors. It's like yeah. Titanic when they rescue the the first class passengers first, and they're like mm, third class can wait. You know, oh floor seven through nine. Yeah, well, we'll yeah. get to them exactly. Well. Uh, first off, we just want to thank our sponsor, Order Solutions. Without Orders, we wouldn't be able to make this podcast. <laughs> Brad's playing John, with John mic. says my mic is huge. Oh, yeah. wow, it looks freaky when I did that. <laughs> that really is big. Yeah, so anyway, back to Order Solutions. So uh, we obviously do trainings at conferences, but we also do uh, online trainings and in-person trainings at, on your site. So if you guys can't make the conferences or you're looking for something else, um, Auto Solutions can come to a training for you for that. So we've got a lot of courses we've already built, um, but also we can customize something to your company if needed. So let us know what you need, and we'll be happy to, to work with you guys to, to make that happen. So thank you, Auto If you for order a consulting plan with Auto Solutions, you too can have a video call with me and my epic microphone. <laughs> special, special. <laughs> okay, well. Let's keep Brad happy and let's talk about one of his favorite things, the mm. State of the CF Union survey. <laughs> so tell us yes. what this is, where it came from, and why do you love it so much? Well, uh, it's a survey that we do every year around the time that the President of the United States does his State of the, uh, the Union survey. Uh, but this is the State of the Cold Fusion Union. And uh, the guy is at Terratech, uh, helped put this together. I don't know how many years uh, we've been doing it now. Long but time. basically, 
Yeah, basically, it kind of tracks a lot. Of, a lot of languages do this, not just Cold Fusion. You know, Closure and other languages—they all have similar surveys. So it tracks, um, you know, what versions of Cold Fusion or, or Lucy are people using? What kind of IDEs do people use? What kind of source controls do people use? Do people use source control? Uh, yes or no? <laughs> um, and it, it just kind of tracks a lot of those those usages. And so it's interesting just to look at a year snapshot. You know, just like, hey, who's on, you know, on Cold Fusion 8 still, right? You know, don't raise your hand if you are. Uh, it is anonymous, by the way. Um, you know, uh, but then when you've doing it, done it for years, we kind of get interesting trends where we can look and see, you know, the, the Rilo 4 usage or whatever, you know, but shrink over the years as people move to Lucy server or vice versa. Um, you know, IDEs change, you know, VS Code four years ago probably was pretty much non-existent. And now it has, will probably have a large percentage like last year. Um, so it's, it's really fun to see the trends over the years. And the reason why I like it so much is at Ordis, we, you know, build a lot of open source libraries, uh, Coldbox, MVC, you know, Commandbox. And a lot of these rely on the versions of ColdFusion and things that people out there are using. And so, you know, one of the reasons that we kept support for ColdFusion 9 for so long in the Coldbox MVC framework was literally because the state of the CF Union survey every year would still have like 20% or more of the respondents would still check that. Yeah, we got some Cold Fusion 9 servers, you know, floating around. And so I'd tell Luis, man, we can't get rid of Cold Fusion 9 support yet. One out of five Cold Fusion developers still have a Cold Fusion 9 server floating around they're using. Um, you know, of course, eventually we were like, ah, screw it. We can't do this forever. <laughs> we dropped Cold Fusion 9 support. Uh, but those sort of statistics really help us kind of know what are people doing out there? What are the trends? You know, if we were to drop Cold Fusion 11 support today, how many people realistically are we affecting um, and stuff like that? So I always really enjoy the the results, the state of CF union. Uh, if a survey is not that long, it's got quite a few, you know, pages worth of questions, but it takes like five minutes to go through. Um, but what we need you guys to do is first of all, take the survey. Um, and uh, you know, there, there's, Everything, every like library pretty much imaginable is all on there in one question, one way or another. My, my favorite, what I'm really looking forward to, to be honest this year, I know I already sidetracked myself, is the Docker question. Because um, we just talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, like what, what, what were the numbers? One in five, I believe, uh, respondents last year said they were using Command Box for local development. And I think like one in three respondents out of the group that were using Docker, we're using the Ordis command box power Docker images. And that was a year ago. So I'm super excited to see this year, you know, will those have trended up, down, um, you know, how many people have adopted the official Adobe images, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so we need you guys to take this and, you know, check all the boxes of the stuff you're using. But we also need you to help disseminate this out to the large, um, you know, numbers of cold fusion people out there that basically don't pay any attention to social media, people who aren't going to see my tweets, they aren't going to see the LinkedIn post, the Facebook post, the Slack post, when we plaster this thing everywhere. Um, and we usually get about four to 500 responses, which is good, I guess. I mean, this is the, the highest responded survey in the cold fusion dome that I'm aware of. I don't even know if Adobe's surveys get this many responses. They don't usually tell us how many they get. Um, but knowing that there's, you know, 3,000 people, is it 3,000? How many people are in the Slack team? How many people are in Cold Fusion Slack? Probably getting close to 3,000, but it's, not everyone's uh, on there every day and not everybody can keep up with 3, everything. 3,377, boom. So, I mean, there's over 3,000 people in the Cold Fusion Slack team. Um, I mean, I think we should be able to get 1,000 people to respond to this. The trick is I think most people just don't know what happens. You know, they don't they don't watch the, the cold fusion hashtag on Twitter and stuff. So, you know, chances are there's, you know, a person listening to this podcast 
who works with a group of Cold Fusion developers, and they're kind of the proxy. You know, they're the person that pays attention to social media and kind of knows what's going on. And so we rely on you guys to, you know, pass it back on to your, your coworkers and say, hey, guys, everybody take a minute, fill this out, because um, it gives us a lot of, uh, of good data. And I love data. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask like, you, like, uh, are you doing mm-hmm. some trending uh, chats or anything like that where we can actually see? You know, more? I've never done it like officially. I've always just kind of just pulled up several years and kind of looked at them. Um, <clears throat> I should talk to Michaela about it because, uh, you know, the, they used to do it with SurveyMonkey, I believe. In the last few years, they've kind of uh, built it into uh, into their blogging software. Um, I should ask about, see if I can get like a raw export to to do like some graphs on some of those things uh, without needing to like just manually copy and paste a bunch of values around. Um, Cause that would be really interesting to track, you know, any of the, any of the questions we've had, you know, three or four years in the road, actually track those trends and maybe create some graphs. That would be really interesting. All right. Yeah. I'll make a note. I'll make a note. I'll, I'll ping Michaela about that and, and say, you know, is there a way to get maybe the raw data for the last several years? And then, yeah, I think it'd be kind of neat it. just to see, like you say, the, the graphs of usage over time and stuff like that. Uh, it's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah. Ch- Charlie also mentioned he suspects the adoption of the Adobe CF images will remain low relative to the use of command box images. Different question will be whether the use of Docker either way has risen. I suspect not still. Yeah. But let's hope that the change to <clears throat> CF2020 makes the installer and Docker image smaller and will help. And that's true. There's a lot of changes going with 2020. Uh, but yeah, I really like the the fact the survey can give you some insight into that and like you said though you do have to account for the the people that you're getting answering the survey are the people that are more active on social media and probably more up to date a lot of those uh black yeah. hole cold fusion developers black hole developers we call them where they live in their own little hole and the, the dark they don't matter get out. yeah yeah exactly they don't get They're out less as likely much. to use source control less likely to use docker less likely to use frameworks yeah i mean i've been well aware of the fact that the the demographic that's more likely to respond to the survey is probably more likely to be a bit more advanced in their usage. Uh, John Farrar had a comment in the chat here saying, um, isn't it saying you're using uh, CF 2020, a violation of the beta t- testers NDA? Uh, technically it probably would be. Uh, Michaela's uh, explanation for that was um, that the survey usually lives for a few months. Um, you know, people are responding for a while and in theory at some point 2020 would probably become a public beta. Um, or eventually at some point this year, yeah. given the fact that it is Cold Fusion 2020 will be released. So uh, the hope there was that eventually people would be able to publicly admit. Um, yeah. so I don't know, since, since it's, it's technically an anonymous survey, would it be okay? Yeah, and I, I, I don't know exactly, <laughs> but I know that you're not allowed to release information about what's in the, the beta, the private beta, but... The fact that you're using it or on it, I don't think is public. You know, is, is private. If you that would be that would be interesting to get clar- clarification on because I'm actually not sure. I would have to go back and reread the giant thing that nobody reads when you accept it. It's no. always kind of been the generally accepted uh, knowledge that you know you're not even allowed to say you're on on the beta. Oh, um, oh, well. I think that's a little <laughs> silly, and I don't know if the actual legal ease says that. Or like you suggested, or, or if it's fine to say, yeah, I'm on the beta, what's in it can't tell you. Um, I don't know. I'd have to read it again. Obviously, I think it's a little silly to not be able to say, like, yeah, I'm testing. Obviously, the what Adobe wants to keep secret is the actual features. I mean, the yeah. fact they have a beta has been widely publicized. And they're still accepting people. If you want to do the beta, they just, you know, 
fill out the, the survey. And at the UW Roadshow last week, they actually said, hey, if you want it, just give us your email address and we'll add you. So they're still wanting people to get in there and, and you know, test it out. And the public beta is not going to be available for a little while yet. Uh, I think they're looking at Q4 for the actual release of yeah. the full product. But if you were to get in the beta that may or may not exist, you may or may not find a post from me that may or may not give you instructions on how to use command box to test CF2020. Just not that I'm in the beta, because maybe I'm not, maybe I am, but I totally am, <laughs> and you can test my command box. Yep, but that's the top secret thing that only those in the, the beta might be able to figure out. Yeah. All Anyways. right, well... There we go. Take the survey. Take the survey. Uncle share the survey. You. Yep. Share the survey. Take the survey. Share the survey. Be the survey. Yep. Uh, and of course, the results for that will come out um, in a couple months or so. Uh, once we have a nice collection of, uh, of results, they'll usually be like a partial results that'll be published that'll kind of update live. And so yep. that's when it gets really fun. And then last year, you even uh, had joined, uh, joined the Tech podcast and see if alive and talked about the results, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I've done that for a couple of years now. We kind of just go through and just discuss the results and the trends and how juicy the data is. So looking forward to do that again, hopefully this year as well. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I, I like that because uh, it does break it down a little easier, but it's a, it's a good survey. Go take it. Like Brad said, it's multiple choice check boxes, super fast to answer. So just click, click, click. I'm sure you can do that in one of your meetings that you're not yeah. paying attention to. And if you, if you guys add notes that say, Hey, you should add an option for, um, we do review those every year and try to pull those changes forward. So I know Eric is especially excited because <clears throat> quick is on the list this year. <laughs> yes. Quick is on the list of, uh, ORMs of persistence. Oh yeah. We, we use some vague terminology for, it, but yeah, ORMs basically. It's cool. Okay. So what's next? CF Wheels? CF Wheels has finally got a 2.1.0 beta that's now available. So uh, I know that nice. the, some of the makers um, of CF Wheels left Cold Fusion a long time ago, and Tom King and a few others picked it up, and they've been doing some good work on it. And so now uh, the beta for 2.1 has arrived. Um, so it's considered an essential upgrade from anyone on 2.x. So um, they want to Just thank everybody. Here. Is this the first best thing with the previous release was? All right, so the previous release was stable 2.0.2. So this is a basically a minor bump yep. in its in beta. Right on. Yep. Looks like so. a pretty long list of tickets. I, d I just clicked over to the releases on GitHub. They've got potentially breaking changes. Uh, Eric would be sad since this was a minor bump. Yeah. Uh, model enhancements, controller enhancements, big list of bug fixes, and a big list of miscellaneous, whatever that means. Yep, so it looks like a pretty big release. If you're using CF Wheels, they recommend you go check it out, help them with the beta, uh, and then we'll let you know as soon as we know when the, the main version's coming out too. Um, and John says he has some breaking changes, so he should be uh, versioned differently. I mean, maybe he's talking about wheels. Wait, what? John, John is broken? Yeah, I think he meant it has some breaking changes, so it should be versioned differently. <laughs> and the, the rules with semantic, if you're making a breaking change, it should be bumped to a major version. That's the way true semantic works, right, Brad? Uh, yes, it is the way true semantic works. A lot of libraries do lots of funny things. Um, Lucy, for instance, I mean, they sort of advertise, uh, you know, they, they, they allow breaking changes on minor bumps, like from 5.2 to 5.3 in Lucy. Um, and then they reserve major bumps for kind of like, you know, every several years there's a whole architectural, you know, kind of redesign. Um, yeah. 
It's, uh, I know Laravel used to be that way too, and now they've they've finally switched over proper semantic because mm. everybody argued and complained. Yeah, enough. Eric Eric was talking about that. People are like, "Why did you break something in a minor version?" So now they just follow it strictly, and that's why uh, we always you know joke with Eric about this. But that's why you know Quick and QB seem like they have so many versions because if something breaks, you make a major bump. You know, you mm. don't because yeah, sometimes people feel like, "Well, I can't go to version three. I'm only at two point one." You know, I have to hit 2.2 and 2.3 before I can make it there. But no, yeah. Okay. So right, Scott, I'm trying to catch up in the chat. We're talking about cannoli. I love cannoli. I don't know what we're doing with cannoli though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Godfather reference. Yep. <laughs> you lost me there. Sorry, Charlie. We'll go back. We'll go back to uh to Harry Potter references. I, I can get those better. Okay. So um. I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but uh, Adobe have updated their Cold Fusion community portal. So I did not notice. Um, so they got some new person. banners on there. Um, they've added some more information to the front of the site to make it easier to find information about the certification. So they have a whole page now with more description about it and how to register oh, okay. and upcoming events. Yeah, um, I saw this yesterday, but I guess I, I frequent the portal so uh, infrequently that I hadn't actually noticed. Yep, and they have another section now for webinars. You can see all the previous ones and any upcoming. There's a place on the homepage for the events. But just so you know, when it says the Adobe certification is complimentary on their banner, psych, that's not true. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the, confer the conference is complimentary. The certification is not. It looks like complimentary. They, uh, yeah, because yeah. the banner says Adobe Cold Fusion Summit East where unique codes brew complimentary registration. And then the certification is the same. Adobe Certified Professional, Adobe Cold Fusion, April 23rd, complimentary reg registration. But yeah. yeah, it's not quite clear. The registration that's complimentary is that of the the conference. Yeah. So <laughs> I think they just copy-paste the banner, didn't change it. Um, yeah. So the the tricky thing is, is that uh, it's obviously much improved, but they're still fine-tuning it. Like for the UI, if you go to language, you can only get to like B of language features in the drop-down because it cuts off. So Ooh. they have to figure out some of that. So I think they changed some of the keywords into the drop-down oh, yeah. menu. So there's a few, a few this, bugs. But well, they have so much padding in this darn menu. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're, they're wait, making it better. Config? It's improved, but uh, there's still some bugs. So uh, if you guys see other little issues that you want to report, please report it to them. Um, I think Charlie mentioned one time in a blog post a while back, Charlie, you're in the chat so you can confirm that you can actually uh, file bugs for this on the tracker too for the portal. Is that correct? We'll see oh, what Charlie says. But uh, I, someone should go file one and say, why does it say copyright 2018? Yeah. Did they let their copyright expire last year? <laughs> or did they just forget to update the footer? Yeah. So, but it is an improvement. Uh, I know that some of the data, uh, like, I guess I got a category added for, um, the podcast to be um, its own category now for the po mm -hmm. podcast posts, but I guess they added it to the old version, not the new version. So I have to go wait for it to be get migrated. Uh, hey, you know what? You're lucky that the data that came over came over, Gavin. Don't get greedy now. <laughs> yeah, no, but they're migrating you want stuff. All the data from the old version. Come on, man. So yes, but they're the we working on that for a while, so it went live. So that was it's a good improvement. I think there's some big improvements there. So I find it easy to find stuff now. Um, but yeah, they're still fine tuning. So give them some feedback. And Charlie said yes, the bug tracker for Adobe, you can actually report on the portal. So there you uh, go. If you see any bugs or issues, go tell them. Let's hope they respond better than they do for the ticket you put in for the bug tracker itself, because 
I got a few of those still sitting there from years a ago. A few uh, I heard differently, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a few minutes here. So uh, <laughs> the next Autist webinar is coming up this Thursday. So John Clawson uh, is going to be talking about getting started with Cold Fusion containers. Um, and so he's going to be talking about containerizing your application, how to rip it, hit around the implementation details, and he's going to go over Docker in general. He'll probably go into the, the command box Docker images we have as well. And if you guys are going to be at CF Summit East, Charlie Earhart is actually doing a session on the Adobe Cold Fusion um, Docker images as well, if you want to check that out. But this Thursday, uh, February 27th, 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, John will be talking about that. So definitely check that out. Okay, so next on the list, uh, the new podcast that we launched, uh, the Modernizer Die Podcast Conference Edition, has had several uh, episodes released and more to be released very soon. Um, so last week, uh, we released Luis's Into the Box Breakdown. So basically, he tells you more about the history of Into the Box. Break it down. Was he breakdancing? Not Like quite. electric boogaloo? No. A little salsa, but... Uh, yeah, so he talked about sort of the history and, you know, how we moved from uh, Minnesota over to Houston, Texas. and Minnesota? Minneapolis, wasn't it? Luis was never in Minnesota nor Minneapolis, was he? The conference, Into the Box. Oh, I thought you were talking about Luis no, personally Luis, moving. <laughs> no, like, Luis met with me what to discuss What on earth are you Into the talking box. about? Jeez. See, yeah, Into the Box used to be in Minneapolis, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, we talked about like the history and why we moved it and, you know, how it's grown and, you know, what's new this year, sort of giving people a breakdown on the conference and why they should consider going there. And then yeah. I interviewed Eric Peterson on his intro to quick ORM workshop. So we released that. And then I interviewed myself. No, just kidding. I, <laughs> I almost did. I almost you decided. You really should have. You should have like <laughs> worn a different shirt and changed the camera. I was actually going to, and I made a big joke about it. And I'm like, no, I'll actually get someone else. So Stephanie, uh, she's a project manager slash dev oh, for nice. Audis. Uh, she she thrived at the CF Summit <laughs> podcast that we did. For, uh, she thrived. Yep. You should have seen her. We put her in front of the microphone and her yeah. eyes lit up and sparkled and smile came across her face. She was like, I'm at home in front of the microphone. Yeah, she really The audience loves me. So uh, I actually had her. Same look I get every week. Yeah. She interviewed me uh, about my Cold Box Zero to Hero workshop. Um, and so that was released as well. And then we have uh, more workshop interviews coming up. We'll have one with Brad about his um, his workshop on BDD. We'll have one with John, if I can trace him, check, uh, chase him down after his webinar about his uh, intro to containerization. And then Luis is going to be doing an interview about his workshop, which is um, Hero to Superhero. And then Charlie, we have to schedule this sometime soon, Charlie, to get you talking about your workshop too. So all the workshops uh, are either re uh, recorded or about to be. And so those will be released. You ever going to publish one with me? It's like you're recording everybody else. Where's mine, Gavin? Uh, you have to answer my Slack messages when I message you so we can get it scheduled. So after this, I'm going to chase him down. Don't and, uh, pester me with details, Gavin. Just so, make it happen. Yep. I'll just keep recording when we're done here, and I'll ask Brad some questions, and we'll make that his interview. So What if, what if you just cut apart to this podcast, like each word, and just piece the sentences back together to make it look like I was saying things? Like, I like to... Go to into the box. And I was yeah, maybe work. we could, but that a bit of an editing time. nightmare on your on your behalf. Yeah, for sure. So 
so so far three episodes plus the teaser trailer and there's going to be another three this week and hopefully they'll get those next couple uh next week as well so then after that we'll start rolling out speaker interviews so you can find out more about their sessions so uh, it's available on everything but itunes pretty much so we're going to get that finally accepted here soon but you can watch them on youtube spotify uh, i think it's even on iheart radio now um, so lots of different places if you go to conference.modernizer.io you can see the website with all the links to everything uh, and the youtube playlist is available there too so yeah so Perfect. apparently they don't want to see an interview with you brad because you talk too much anyway <laughs> i do i don't shut up usually yeah okay right. so next the adobe road shows so uh they had some several road shows last week um i went to the one in orange county where kevin writes uh orange county seafug is home um so that was good they actually used it as like a relaunch event so they wanted to try and get that uh seafug up and running again and uh try and get more people coming more often uh they actually had sort of a quiet couple of years but they really want to get it up and running so we had a a really nice uh, venue, and Kevin had this amazing food. It was a really good spread. And then Keisha and Alicia from Adobe were there. So it was a pretty cool. good, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good turnout too. They actually had uh, more people than they've had probably for a long time uh, there. So they're ho hoping to get it more often, at least eight times per year, um, you know, giving a couple of months off for holidays and that. And they're really trying to focus on getting new people into the group, new developers and everything. So if you're in the Orange County area, uh, check them out up on, on meetup.com and, you know, try and bring new developers there. They really want to push that. And um, as much as, you know, we have all offered to help remotely, they want to get people in person to, uh, you know, sort of deliver those presentations as well. So I know Alicia's in the area, so she's going to try and step up and bring more people. But uh, it was a good roadshow too. It was really good to see some of the, the features in Adobe C of 2020, although I can't discuss them publicly. <laughs> Just kidding. But I mean, um, even though all you had to do was walk in off the street into the roadshow room <laughs> to learn about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the, the good thing is a lot of the stuff that Rex actually presented on in his webinar a few weeks ago, a lot of that stuff is, you know, public knowledge now. So we can discuss those features. And um, it was a good, good walkthrough. And there was a lot of good questions too. So a lot of people asking some really tricky questions. Had Alicia sweating a little bit there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I really want to know what, what, what was what was asked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, what I well, get for not living on the coast. Yeah. Well, one of the things they were saying is like, well, why did you guys build? Uh, your own CF config when <laughs> Audis already had it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go, go, go. Um, and yeah, and talked about integrating with CF config better and um, different things about some of the features and you know would they be enterprise or standard and just lots of lots of questions about lots of things. They also wanted more you know more use cases for some of the features um, and some people wanted examples for like the Java interop that's available now. You know, so it was just good. Um, <laughs> did, and no, did, Scott, I w did not actually ask that to Alicia. Someone, what? I said it quietly to Keisha before the meeting, but someone else said it publicly. And I was it because Command Box runs on Lucy? No. <laughs> so good because that, that wouldn't be a good a good answer since CF Config has an agnostic service layer that does not require the CLI. Yeah. So no, like, I mean. Yeah, they're, they're working on a few things, um, and we're going to, uh, like, he sure talked to me about a few different pieces that we we should, you know, talk to Rex Sheaf. You know, he's more of the, you know, 
behind the scenes actually engineering side where Keisha was more of the marketing side but um yeah obviously they want to work together with us to to, to do things better and do they yep they they, <laughs> did, they didn't ask me about cf config before they yeah. went off and made their own one i'm just saying well there's a separation there and uh, that's <laughs> that's always going to be an issue and they did mention that they're going to try and work on solving everybody's tickets except brad because brad would take an extra team three million years to get all your tickets fixed well when, <laughs> stop breaking backlog, stuff right <laughs> we have a backlog like mine yeah so <laughs> but anyway it was a good road show um they're they're planning to do some more in the future uh, that was the little west coast run because uh, obviously they're had to head back into the conference soon adobe see if summer east is coming up pretty quick so so yeah so that was the road show um yeah, there was, they had good turnout for all the other venues too, but I really enjoyed that. So it was good to get down and see some people. Yeah. So speaking of other conferences, Adobe CF Summit East 2020. 2020. Yep. That's the thing that's that every, every part of it's free, right? 100% free. Is that what we just said? The conference itself. Yes. The conference is free. So, <laughs> um, and they've actually announced the speakers. They've got all the sessions up there, but one. So, uh, our very own Luis Mahano will be speaking, Charlie Earhart, uh, Bruno Zugay, Dave Watts, Alicia Dvorak, Brian Class, Pete Freitag, Dave Ferguson, Brian Sappy. So they've got a pretty good turnout there. Wait, these are people actually speaking at CF Summit East, not just Correct. giving workshops? Correct. Yep. Wow. I, so the, is this the first year that's happened? Because they've no. never had a call for speakers for CF Summit no, East. It's, it's always a, just kind of been a thing that Kairosoft just sort of... Well, they, they invite. Own. So this is sort of like oh. the, they invite the special speakers. And so a lot of these are actually members of the content committee for CF Summit West. So, and they're like Brian and them. So they're, they're sort of, you know, I don't think they have the, so at least got the special invite, huh? Yep. I guess he's special. <laughs> okay. I've always kind of wondered what they did. I've never gone to it because that's like the other side of the country is me. Well, if you but wanted, like, I knew they never went through like a standard call for speakers process. It just kind of was, little thing they got put on by Carasoft. So yeah, it's a little one day, two track. Uh, you know, they have a lot of uh, keynotes, presentations too. So there's, you know, a few sessions, but that's all available on the Carasoft uh, website. If you go to the coldfusion.adobe.com portal, you can click over to the event info from there and find out more about it, see the schedule, see the speakers and sign up. But it's going to be April 22nd uh, and it's going to be at the Re Renaissance Washington DC downtown hotel. Uh, again, it's complimentary. Um, they are going to cap it, so uh, you want to get in soon. And let's see. Charlie said here that uh, pretty sure Adobe has said based on regard the most popular talks, basically from other CF Summit things. So, so yeah, so that that makes sense. Like I said, a lot of those speakers. I mean, actually, all of those speakers, I believe, are at CF Summit West. You know, so. Um, so I guess if we're we're good enough, we'll get invited to speak there sometime, Brad. Yeah, that's what we have looked look to. That's what we have to look forward to. Someday we'll we'll arrive, man. We'll we'll get made, and we'll get that golden invitation to CF Summit East. But until yep. then, it's just us and the podcast, man. Yeah, that's the thing. We got to be here to report about it. So, but uh, <laughs> April twenty third, the day after, so post conference, the Cold Fusion Special Certification is going to be happening. Um, that is again four ninety nine for early bird discount, and after this week, so February 29th is the last day for that discount. After that, it's going to go to the normal price of six ninety nine. It is not complimentary like the Benis is, so <laughs> don't forget. Um, 
But there's a lot maybe of great what, content. I know I've made this joke before, but maybe what they mean is they compliment you the entire time they're giving you the certification. Well, they will compliment like, you when you're done. And you're, you're like, complete. oh, I like your tie. By the way, speaking of CF Include, yeah, that's what they mean. Yeah, exactly. So um, certification, again, for those who don't know, it's basically some at-home homework videos. They're going to give you a login to the course material. So you'll go through that material on your own time before the program. Then the one day is sort of review questions and go deeper dive on some of the more tricky pieces. And at the end of the day, you'll uh, have a multiple choice question um, test. And once you're done with that, if you pass, then you get certified. And I think they've had over a hundred, they said they had over 120 people are now certified. So it's going really like well. You, the proud, the Adobe Cold Fusion certified. That yep. needs to be a shirt. Can we make that happen? I'm not sure. It might offend Marines somewhere, but yeah, they're thick skinned. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to be working on uh, some improvements. I heard from Alicia that they're they're meeting with some of the the content people behind it to <laughs> make it even better right now. So that's what they're working on. So. So yeah. Nice. So, if, uh, speaking of conferences, there was a, unless you said it and I wasn't listening. Uh, John Farrar asked about some ITB questions earlier. Uh, I don't know if you didn't see or if you're just ignoring him. Well, we're not getting to ITB yet, so we can. Uh, answer okay, those. so yeah. you'll answer all of John Farrar's ITB questions when we get to the the proper bullet point in the show notes. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. Yep. So. Um, if you if you want to go to uh, a pre-conference event for the CF Summit, so if you're going to be in the DC area two days before, Luis is going to be test, uh, teaching his build secure MVC Cold Fusion applications. So this is uh, basically a more security focused version of our zero to hero training. And so you'll actually build Soapbox, but he's going to be uh, adding some new stuff using uh, mm. CB security, which was being completely revamped and revised and released. Um, and then you know, basically built on top of that. So it's government, it's got a little more security focus in DC. So he's, I'd like to see the build insecure cold fusion applications. one. that would be an interesting version. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> maybe you can work on that. There's, there's no CF query params, you know, <laughs> everything's hackable. That would be a fun example. Kind of like the example site Pete Freitag uses in his sessions. It's like, you know, the fake bank website with all the vulnerabilities in it. Yeah. So uh, Luis is doing uh, that workshop. Um, the price is eight ninety nine for the two day workshop. Again, it's going to be a small number, so you have uh, you know basically a lot of attention of, from Luis. You got a lot of time to work through examples and everything as well. There'll be theory, time to work on stuff. At the end, you'll have a, a basically a complete application and it should be nice and secure. So uh, you can register for that on Eventbrite, and you can find out more information on the Confusion. Uh, the auto solutions event page. So we have it that is, listed there. It is complimentary with a required donation of eight ninety nine. <laughs> yep. And there is a little um, feature. If you get that, um, they're going to be giving you some additional uh, savings into the box. So if you listen to the podcast, the conference uh, version of the modernizer die podcast with Luis, he'll tell you a little bit about that. So, nice. so you should definitely check that out. Okay. Now we're up to into the box. Ah, uh, now all John's questions maybe get answered. Perfect. Okay, so May 5th through 8th in Houston, Texas. Uh, it's going to be two days of workshops and two days of the conference. Two days of workshops. Yep, and now almost all of the sessions are online with a description. All the workshops are online except Charlie's. Sorry, Charlie, we've 
Uh, I got on them again about that today to add your one. Charlie is doing a workshop there. Uh, he's already given us the information, so we'll get that posted today. Uh, and then we're going to be posting the outlines for the workshops as well. So you can find out more about what's actually going to be taught in the workshop. Um, so the workshops uh, are priced. If you want to get an all day, uh, the four day pricing is um, basically two days workshops, two days conference is $8.99 early bird. The price will go up, um, I believe, at the end of February. Actually, I'm not sure if it goes up at the end of February or is it March, middle of March? Soon. It goes so up get your tickets. say it goes up. Yeah, so get your tickets goes up tomorrow. Now. Buy it like it does. Yep. So if you want, you could do two days of workshops on the two day conference for eight ninety nine, or do one day workshop and two days of conference, so six ninety nine. Or if you just want to do the two day conference, it's three ninety nine. So it's definitely some extra value there. You get four days instead of two, and the the workshops are. Well, look at that price. I mean, eight ninety nine for two days of workshops and two days of conference. It's the same as the two day in in DC. So you're getting a lot of value from uh, it's a these. steal. It is. It is a steal. I wonder if he knows it's that cheap. Um, we should probably check that. <laughs> but uh, no, so great content. Um, and we are offering different workshops. So we have two-day workshops, which are the Cold Box Zero to Hero by me and the Cold Box Hero to Superhero by Louis. So those will be on both days. So it's a one, one workshop last two days. But then what we have is we have some additional one-day workshops that you can pick on day one or day two. So on day one, you can choose from Intro to BDD with Brad, Containerizing CFM Applications with John, or Intro to Quick RM with Eric. And then on day two, uh, we have Intro to BDD with Brad, which is a repeat. So you could take that if you took something else on the first day. Containerizing CFM Applications by John is also a repeat. And then we have CB Elasticsearch with Michael Bourne and Eric Peterson. And then we have uh, Troubleshooting Commons CF Lucy Server Challenges with Charlie. So if you're doing a two-day workshop you just get to pick one of those if you're doing the one-day workshops you can mix and match so pick the the one you want on each day so a lot of great content It'd be really hard to choose and the reason we're doing two days of workshops is because you guys told us that you want more workshops and you want more time for those two-day workshops so we're not trying to jam them into one day so i'm really excited about this so are you excited brad I am so excited. I'm speechless. Just look at this. Look at this face of excitement. No, I'm I'm actually really excited. I think it'll be super fun to do two days of workshops. So it's always the, the workshop days are kind of fun. Even if I'm doing a workshop, you know, it's kind of like it's a bit more laid back. It's not as hectic because, you know, once the conference gets going, it's like, you know, boom, boom, boom. Everything's all happening. But the workshops are kind of like everybody just gets to go chill in a room, dig in and do stuff. And then we have, you know, hanging out at the bar or whatever at night answering questions. So having two full days of workshops, I think will be um, a pretty exciting time. And I'm, I'm personally actually pretty excited about several of the topics uh, that we have just the regular uh, conference. I was scrolling through this while you were uh, blabbering on a minute ago. I'm sure whatever <laughs> you said was important. You know, we got like Sean Oden. Uh, I think this is the first time he's speaking the golden hammer confessions of a recovering database abuser. That just <laughs> sounds fun. Um, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty excited about all this stuff. Cube kitchen. Look at this. We've got Kubernetes sessions, chill Lord. There's a lot, there's a lot of fun stuff in here. So, I mean, Electron apps. Um, I mean, I don't, those aren't even box topics. <laughs> those yeah. are just like random cool topics. So, yeah. And look at this one. Oh my gosh. Built a man after my own heart. Build your own Raspberry Pi powered server status monitor with LEDs. Scott Steinbeck. I mean, that. Oh, what? 
Oh, I don't get to go to it. It's up against one of my sessions. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we might need to change the schedule. That, that's a two for session with me and Javi. I think I might just not show up and Javi gets stuck with the whole session because I'm going to be like in the back of Scott's session with the fake glasses and mustache and the hood pulled yeah. over. I think we need to look at the schedule too. There was something else that was a clash and I'm like, we shouldn't really be talking about those at the same time. Cause I think everyone who would go to one session would probably want to see the other session because they're almost related. So well, we might we're, need we're to the, look at we're some doing of the these. recordings though. Right. As long as we record stuff. I know, but still, you know, if, if someone's there <laughs> for cloud stuff, throw we should tomatoes at the recording. Yeah. Well, we can try, <laughs> but so John asked about coupon codes for the hotel. Um, I know that we got, the flight we have uh, united codes that should be available now um i know that we have um we got some uh speaker codes so all the speakers should be getting emails so they can register and if they want to attend the workshops they have a code for that as well uh, i believe the united stuff should be uh, being released on the website if it isn't already we should have a uh, blog post going out about that very soon as well um and yeah so there's I'm not sure about the hotel codes. I will double check uh, right after this, John, and I'll send you a message if we have one. Uh, I know that we're we're trying to get all that stuff done, so people are booking now. So we're trying to get everything out there, and the people behind the scenes running like like little hamsters on their wheels are working hard, and I'm throwing sticks at them, saying, "Don't forget this, don't forget that." So we're getting there, but uh, we'll get that out as soon as possible, and check the blogs for more of that. So. Okay, so give us a 30-second overview of how Dev Nexus was, Brad. Dev Nexus. There you go. What else can I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luis and I were in the Atlanta last week. Um, we both did a workshop. I did a Kubernetes workshop, and Luis did a, a TDD workshop with uh, Vencat, who's a, a super popular, or at least well-known uh, speaker and, and author in the Java space, which we love listening to him. It's a really good, great way of describing stuff. Um, and then we had the two days of the conference. So DevNexus was the biggest it's ever been this year. There were 2,400 people, um, wow. which, you know, compared to the typical Cold Fusion conference, which is always kind of a little, little like family affair, it feels like, you know, uh, 2,400 people. is just like a, a sea of, of faces. Um, but, you know, they had everybody in the world uh, was sponsoring. I, IBM was like the unobtainium sponsor. Because they had like, you know, gold, silver, platinum, and diamond. And, and IBM was like unobtainium. That was their sponsorship level. Wow. Um, you know, Red Hat was there with all their open push shift stuff. Uh, Google Cloud Platform had a massive, you know, booth pushing Kubernetes stuff. Red Hat, OpenShift had a whole like, I mean, their booth was like a, like a, a computer lab. I mean, the massive booths. It's, it's like we don't get any booths at these Cold Fusion conferences that even come like close to the, like the size and complication of the boost. It takes them a whole day to set up these things. Like a construction crew comes in. But anyway, Red Hat had, like, I had an entire like portable computer lab set up with all these laptops and you could sit down and you could build like a spring boot app and deploy it on Kubernetes. And it had a little tutorial. You just like click and it runs the commands for you. It was, it was pretty sweet. The, uh, the keynote, the first day was like a dueling banjos thing. Um, they literally had like two live musicians playing dueling banjos on the edge of the stage. And they had a developer advocate from Red Hat and from Google, like live coding um, an app, a game app that everybody could play on their phones at the end of the session. One using the Red Hat stack and one using the Google stack or the you know, Google Cloud platform, but all based on Kubernetes um, and Java. 
uh, and they were like live coding it like side by side, like, oh, that's cool, but check out this kind of thing. That was the the keynote. It was a really good one. And I mean, the sessions were all over the place. I mean, there were Grail VM sessions. There was, um, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff. Security, there's a bunch of open JDK sessions, um, which I was interested in just because, you know, Adopt Open JDK was there. Azul was there. And even a brand new company I'd never heard of, Liberica. They also make Open JDK builds and they hmm. charge you like $75,000 to get support. Still cheaper than Oracle. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it was a great conference. So Fusion Reactor was there at their booth. And of course, they were just swamped the whole time. Um, Mikey from Fusion Reactor, the guy who did the live streams with Charlie, he, uh, he was on site. I met him for the first time at CF Camp last year. So it's my second time getting to hang out with him. So, you know, we ended up over in the corner on our laptops working through, you know, some Fusion Reactor enhancements and stuff. So David Tattersall, of course, was there. It was a, it was a great conference. Lisa and I had a lot of fun and we just packed our brains full of knowledge and we came home with all sorts of ideas um, to pour into our products. Cause you now we go there for kind of two main reasons. The Java ecosystem is our ecosystem as a JVM language. And we just get lots of ideas, just really cool ideas that we see that people are doing automations and build processes. And we're like, Oh, that's good. We need this in cold fusion. We need this in our life. And so we, we take notes and we bring it back and we think of how we can stick it into our tech stack. So. Yeah, I saw Luis was asking me a bunch of questions about what I should do with this or that because he's got uh, <laughs> some ideas on some cold box love where basically you write out basically you write out a little specification kind of like a business specification mm-hmm. but in a certain format and then you push a button and all this crazy stuff happens but I'm not going to ruin crazy it. stuff oh it's yeah Luis's cool. brain was just worrying the whole conference yeah there's some pretty cool stuff so. He got inspired. You'll see some new stuff coming out in Cold, uh, Cold Box 6. Probably hear about it into the box. But a couple more questions from John. Um, so he asked, what are the prereqs for the hero to superhero? Because he wants to make sure he's a hero already. So I'm going to be recording an interview with Luis. Where we'll go over that specifically. So if you can wait for, for that. But John, if you're using Cold Box, you're comfortable with Cold Box settings, modules, how to install them, how to use them. Um, that's sort of the, the main part. If you've got a pretty good handle on cold box, you can probably handle the hero to superhero. And if you, if you don't have something hundred percent covered, you have time in the two day workshop to really get that down. So you've taught that hero to superhero, Brad, you think that's a pretty good prereq? Hero to superhero. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to want to make sure that all the basic conventions of cold box, the idea of installing packages, the idea of module settings, you know, handlers views, um, wire box. That's all kind of stuff you have a pretty good understanding of. Um, yeah. and then you should, you should do okay. Uh, cause I mean, we just, we just don't spend a lot of time on like the super basics on that one. We kind of jump in and say, Hey, everybody here understands, you know, cold box, let's build some cool stuff. And then we really kind of build on top of it. So it helps to know what the core conventions are. So you can better kind of differentiate in your mind, the stuff that we're adding on on top. That's, you know, extra modules that are optional. Yeah. All the, all the cool stuff that it does. So, I mean, from what I know of your work, John, you should probably be fine in the Hero to Superhero. If not, come join me at my workshop, and I'll give you the intro, and then uh, you can do that one at CF Summit. So so later on in the year, we will be having uh, training at CF Summit. I heard some uh, some whispers. Um, actually, I think we're allowed to say, but it's going to be very late October, right before, Val- uh, before Halloween, not Valentine's, Halloween uh, CF Summit West. So... Um, 
that's what we're told. They said that they were getting ready to announce it any day now. So I feel like there should be like a gang sign. So like CF Summit West Side, and we all like flash a gang symbol and get shot or something. Yep. So that's late October. Um, so yeah, that's what I heard. They should formally announce it uh, very soon. So we will be doing training there as usual. And CF Camp, uh, they're still confirming their dates as well. Hopefully we'll have mm-hmm. that one again pretty soon. Uh, I heard- think they have some dates that have been thrown around internally. I just don't think they've been officialized. Yeah. But um, this, the Adobe said that that one was pretty close to being officially announced. So I'm just going to sneak it out there. Cool. Um, yeah, as far as uh, CF Camp, we will be there, and I hopefully will be there as well. And we should be doing uh, either <laughs> trainings or even maybe an into the box uh, yep. Europe. So we might have a basically instead of having a workshop, we might actually have a little mini conference of our own. So right. that way you'll get a whole bunch more of us there and a lot more variety of content instead of having to pick one thing for all day. That make us a variety show. Well, we are kind of funny sometimes. So. <laughs> At least we think we are. John, John, Fryer, I just saw your question you were throwing about Fusion Reactor. Uh, Charlie, the short answer is don't get John started. John was like, what do you mean? Uh, so John's question was uh, asking about a debugger. So what John would like to see is a currently supported step debugger that ties into an IDE like VS Code using the standard like debugging interface in the JVM, uh, which is what Fusion Debug would fall in the category of. However, it's basically been untouched for quite a few years. My understanding is they don't plan on touching it. Uh, What Fusion Reactor does have is the production debugger, as they call it, which is a purely web-based debugger. It uses an agent that you load into the JVM, uh, which is not quite what what John would hope to have. Um, They were were demoing that, John, but uh, they also, and by they I mean integral, the makers of Fusion Reactor, uh, were also demoing a brand new product called NerdVision, which you can go to nerd.vision, like Vision's the top-level domain name, um, it cold fusion support is still pending on it, but they support like Python node and Java right now. Um, and it's a really cool, it's kind of like if you took the debugger portion of fusion reactor and kind of rip it out on its own as like a little standalone product, it's a cool, like kind of cloud-based interactive debugger that teams can use. Um, so they do have some interesting stuff, John, in the terms of debugging, but, um, I'm afraid it's probably not what you specifically want, <laughs> but they have been working in some, on some super interesting debugging stuff. Uh, just not IDE based. Yep. And just another answer to your other question, John, um, apparently on the website, it says that the Hyatt Place reservations, if you call their number, uh, they, you can ask for a group code G Autos and you can receive a discounted group rate. So I, I don't believe, know if that works. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, what, <laughs> what discount it is or anything else, but that is available. It's on the site. And thank you, Yogesh, for looking that up for me little busy here the podcast so thank you for that so okay blogs tweets yeah man we're running late today lots to talk about we had a bunch of stuff to cover already we haven't even gotten to the juicy stuff well it's all juicy but yeah we're it's all good (laughs) okay so uh ray candon actually had a couple blog posts so this is ray candon was at dev nexus yeah i i saw that as as was todd sharp yeah he's a guy who used to do a lot of cold fusion i think he does a lot of groovy now maybe one of those languages Yep. So, so yeah. So Ray um, has been blogging a lot about Eleventy uh, uh, and Netlify lately. So Eleventy is like a statics generator, um, 
But he was talking about sending SMS messages with uh, for form data stuff through Ring Central. You know, Ring Central was a sponsor at DevNexus. That all goes back to DevNexus. Oh, maybe you can talk <laughs> to them there. But yeah, Ring Central. Uh, I've been using them for years. It's a great little uh, voice, you know, system. I can send faxes and receive faxes via, you know, via email and everything. And it's got a good little built-in web system for the phone extensions and everything else. That's pretty cool. And so they have their own, um, you know, API for working with SMS and everything. So, um, he looks at using that with Netlify and, um, and Leventy. So it was kind of interesting to, to dive into that. So, uh, he's got a few blogs on, on that. So if you go to Ray Camden or Raymond Camden.com, sorry. Um, he's got a, a few good blog posts there. So pretty good. Um, also we had a blog post on the order site about, uh, enter the box 2020 podcast series on Luis Mahano. So that's the podcast we talked about where he talks about the history of into the box and everything. So there's a blog post there with a link to the podcast. And then we've got Mr. Charlie Earhart had a blog as well about how to quickly Shh, solve. I think he's listening. Shh, okay. Careful what you say about him. How to quickly solve <laughs> out of memory metastase errors. So I like this summary he puts up there. Did you read that Brad? <laughs> Uh, I saw his post um, and I saw his ticket that he had uh, linked to. I was like the only person as of yesterday that had actually voted for his ticket. I was a little disappointed. I saw Charlie tweet about it. Yeah. So, but basically says, are you getting metaspace errors or blank pages that don't end up tweak related it, remove to this? It. Yeah. Don't tweak <laughs> it. Just remove it. <laughs> you know, I haven't used the traditional Adobe Cold Fusion installer in years now since I use command box for everything. I didn't even realize they still had a max metaspace because I agree with Charlie. I think, I don't think you need it anymore. Just let the JVM manage it. In fact, like most of my JVM tuning, like experience in the last, you know, several years has started to just be, Hey, quit screwing with it. Let the JVM do it. It's actually really good at that these days. Yeah. You know, people used to, to tweak the crap out of stuff, you know, all the garbage collector settings and there can, there can be a time and a place for it. But generally speaking, JVMs nowadays just do a darn good job of doing what they need to do. And Command Box, for instance, when you run Adobe ColdFusion or Lucy on Command Box, uh, it doesn't set any heap sizes or settings of any kind. Uh, it just lets the JVM do it because in the world of Docker, Java is actually smart enough to detect when it's inside of Docker and do inherent settings from the container. Um, so it's like Command Box just hands off. If you want to set something, great, but we don't we don't push that stuff. And so I'm not surprised that people run into errors if they've, you know, because you know, PermGen used to be kind of what Metaspace became, but you know, it's Metaspace is, is garbage collected. Uh, it, it's just a different world. So yeah, it just doesn't really make sense to have that anymore, but check that out. Charlie has a ticket that he needs people to go vote on to, to convince Adobe just to just quit setting that setting um, by default because it just causes problems. Yep. So definitely go check that one out. And that's on the coldfusion.adobe.com website. Yep. Okay, we anyway. also had a blog on the order site uh, as Adobe is going to be one of our sponsors that enter the box. So right. uh, we're fortunate What's, enough to have them again. What sponsor level are they? I thought we know that. I thought we had a pretty high priced uh, middle. <laughs> I thought it was platinum, but I, I don't know if the I don't even. Posts... I forget what levels we have. I don't think this blog post says oh, who wrote this blog. Oh, Pauline. All right, we'll give her a pass. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we haven't. Uh, maybe we haven't actually nailed down all the details. But hey, Adobe's on yeah. board, and that's what matters. So, yep, we're, so, always, we're always glad to see Adobe help support in the box. Yep, they're going to be a major sponsor. Um, they they are hoping to have some representatives there, but I know that's a, not a great time for them with other stuff going on. But um, they're definitely be sending support one way or the other. So, 
uh, thanks to have them sponsor. Thank you, Adobe. Absolutely. Thank you, Adobe. <laughs> okay. Without the sponsors, the conference doesn't happen. So we for sure. Yeah, I mean, that. you know, compared to the pricing for other conferences, um, I know like the Vue.js one, etc. They're like double and triple our prices for conferences. So thanks to the sponsors, we can give you affordable conferences. Um, yep. So yeah. So then we had Ben Dell and his triple equals operator. So we just talked about this the other day. Yep. on the podcast and ben, ben must be a couple weeks behind listening because <laughs> i had uh, in one of ben's posts from a few weeks ago i noticed to use the triples equals triple equals operator and i said to you in the podcast i don't think it does what he think it does what he thinks it does um and i pointed out that nobody understands what triple equals does yep. and people think it does what javascript does but oh no nope. it doesn't tricky tricky and everyone in the world but two people <laughs> that have ever used this thought it did something different. The only two people that know what it does are Egal and Misha, and they're convinced that it does what it's supposed to do. But they're literally the only people, two people in the world that know what it does. Um, yeah. So, and so blog, Ben wrote this blog, yeah. and then had to go add this little caution. I am incorrect about what is happening. <laughs> yeah. So Thanks, he wrote Brad. a whole blog saying, "Hey, triple equals, it works like JavaScript." And I had to pop up in the comments and go, "Oh, hey, Ben." Actually, no, it's not at all like JavaScript, but you're the 11 billionth person that made this exact same mistake because everybody thinks this. Um, so the long and short of it is the triple equals operator is stupid in CFML. Only Lucy supports it. Adobe doesn't have it. It doesn't do what you think. It doesn't do anything that makes sense. It's not what JavaScript does. <laughs> and what's really interesting is that the way that the Lucy compiler compiles your cold fusion code down made it appear in a very simple artificial example as though the triple equals was doing what Ben thought it did. But in reality, it was actually just the compiler doing some optimizations and two strings were actually the same string in memory. Um, but I showed him with a little bit more complex example, it actually wasn't doing at all what he thought. So um, th this, this whole thing is a sore spot to me, for me, because I put in a ticket over three years ago now for Lucy saying, hey guys, can we please change the triple equals operator? Because the exact same thing had happened. I saw somebody using it. They were super confused. It didn't do what they thought it did. They were like, why the heck was it implemented this way? So three plus years ago, I put in a ticket saying like, please, can we change this? And the response at the time was basically, oh, uh, we can't change it. It'll break code. And I'm like, will it though? Because I'm pretty certain nobody <laughs> in the world knows what the crap it does. Um, <laughs> and three years later, here we are. Lucy still has that stupid triple equals doing complete nonsensical stuff. Nobody understands it. And, you know, poor Ben gets caught up in the, wait, what the heck does it do? Um, it's just so frustrating to me. I mean, it was annoying three years ago, but it's three years more annoying <laughs> when you, when you're like, Nope, still broken. Everybody still confused. Great. Nothing's changed. Isn't that, isn't that perfect? Yep. Somebody send Brad some chocolates. He needs some. Um. Yes, I know <laughs> it's, I get so annoyed at this stuff, but maybe someday, maybe someday it'll get addressed. Yep. Yes, so, the new CF Mobile. <laughs> so we also had the links to the podcast. So for the Modernizer Die Conference Edition, um, me speaking about my Coldbox Zero to Hero workshop, Eric talking about his Enter to Quick ORM workshop, and Louise talking about the Into the Box 2020 conference itself. So How are people going to get any work done, Gavin? All they're going to do is sit around and listen to these podcasts. Well, they can listen while they work. They just can't work while they listen. <laughs> So uh, we also had a video from Fusion Reactor. So it's uh, their title was Got Bugs, See How Easy Debugging Java or CFML in Production Can Be. So this talks about mm -hmm. that in-production debugger that Brad mentioned earlier. So if you want to see that, there's a Facebook video link there. You know, I just want to say 
one one more thing about Dev Nexus. <laughs> everybody, every, everybody knows that the Fusion Reactor is not free, right? You know, uh, if you buy a you buy an Ultimate license or Enterprise license, you pay a few hundred dollars per server, right? There was another nameless product being sold at a, at Dev Nexus by another company that only did a fraction of what Fusion Reactor does. They basically had like an event snapshot production debugger kind of like super basic feature, right? Just did a, a tiny fraction of the feature set that you get with Fusion Reactor. And this other product targeted at enterprise Java applications sold for $150,000 per application. That was their licensing cost. So there's <laughs> companies out there paying 150 grand per application for software that does a fraction of what Fusion Reactor does. And you can, for just a few hundred dollars per server, you can get Fusion Reactor, a product that does that, plus like 11 billion other things. So anyway, <laughs> just remember that perspective next time somebody says, ah, oh, Fusion Reactor is so expensive. Is it though? Is it really? Because yeah. um, it's, it's crazy the amount of money that there's other companies charging for basically nothing <laughs> comparatively. David Tattersall and I were like, oh my gosh, people pay what? Fusion Reactor is like, practically free by comparison but anyway yeah well i mean enterprises you do have like a thousand times uh mock-up just to deal with the enterprise paperwork and all well that yeah that's kind of the joke with enterprise software is if it's too cheap people won't buy it because it must not be good but there's a there's a lot of really expensive stuff in the space uh and fusion reactor actually rings in really cheap <laughs> yep anyway for sure Moving on. Speaking of Fusion Reactor, Ben Adele wrote another blog post hey, about using, uh, yeah, wrapping CF3 execution in a CF in a Fusion Reactor tra transaction. So basically, he was saying that he was doing stuff with CF threads and it wasn't showing up in Fusion Reactor. So he wrapped the the thread in some uh, in some transactions in Fusion Reactor. And so instead of being a web mm -hmm. request pop up on inside of Fusion Reactor, it shows up in the transaction section, and then he could see what his thread was doing and what it was working on. So yeah. Pretty neat. Love those custom transactions, man. Yeah, no, that's something I've never even used. I just I get a lot out of it just from day to day stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of great <laughs> stuff in it. Yep. Cool. So, and then another blog post from Otis. This time, um, talking about the the actual monodized conference edition podcast itself and how to get it and where it's available and all that. And then Benadel had another. Uh, Fusion Reactor one, which he's talking about adding descriptions and stuff to the transactions to give you more information about what's actually going on. So, Basically doing like a deep dive exploratory thing here. Yep. And uh, as Eric did last week, we really hope that Ben shares his, uh, his basically his wrapper for the Fusion Reactor API stuff that he's doing called Fusion, because a lot of the stuff he's diving into here isn't really documented very well. Um, and so he's just outputting Java objects and seeing what functions are there and then yeah. working on that. So see, and I, I had the same problem. It took it took a lot of experimentation because uh, Fusion Reactor does have Java API docs, but it doesn't cover all the Java classes you have to interact with. Mm -hmm. um, it covers like a subset of them, and there's another set of Java classes that are kind of core to the Fusion Reactor source code, um, and they don't have any API docs on those. So. Um, to Ben's credit, you really have to kind of wait around and just experiment to get some of this working. So his blog posts 
are, are really good information on it. Yep. And that's why actually Fusion Rector is sharing several of his blog posts on their blog. So that's good. <laughs> so, I know they've been reading them all. In fact, the Fusion yep. Rector guys at DevNexus were like, hey, have you been reading Ben's Nadell's blog post? I'm like, yeah, I have. <laughs> yep. And that actually reminds me, I think Fusion Rector just did a blog post on Command Box um, last week, but I couldn't find they it. did. I couldn't uh, find it to share the link. So do you want to give us a, a, a quick five I'd, ha- I'd have to I'd have to find it. Um, I know they did it because Mikey wrote it and he had me proofread it first. Uh, but at the time he had it in the Google Doc and I just proofread it in the Google proofread it in the Google Doc. Um, I'll have to I'll have to ping him and say, hey, where was that published under? Yeah, um, probably on your blog. I just need to go look. I was meaning to find it because I know you probably had some feedback, um, but anyway so they yeah they it, it basically was just a, a real basic overview of how to use fusion rancher in command box which is know. super easy it, it yeah way install the module than, add, yeah. add the key start the server bada bing bada boom they had a couple uh like gutches that people have run into you know hey watch out for this so cool very cool and we also had a tweet from jason linker he said thanks hostick for the easy migration uh, he wanted to have a huge thanks to Austin Hostick. They made migrating from his old host to the new server a snap. Saved a ton of money too. Much appreciated. So Hostix is one of those companies that does uh, do Cold Fusion hosting and they are a good company to work with. So if you guys are looking for web hosting, um, definitely recommend Hostick. And they sponsor um, conferences. I know they've sponsored, I think they sponsored the box before, but see if Summit for sure. I've seen them there and they have some pretty cool swag. They had those cool hats last year, right? I think hosting too. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know where mine is anymore. It might be downstairs where I keep the rest of my hats. But yeah, they had some. I'm, I'm pretty certain those were hostech hats they had last year. Yeah, like a nice cool. blue one. Yep, some pretty cool trucker hats. Um, also had a <laughs> a tweet hats. from Order Solutions reminding you guys that Luis Mahano will be one of the expert speakers at Adobe Cold Fusion Summit East. So if you guys aren't going, uh, you should. And if you are going, check out Luis's. He's going to be doing a PWA. Um, so a progressive web app. Um, and I think it might even be the schedule for the conference. They're going to use that. So, um, go check that out. Uh, he's using, um, Vue.js with Quasar to wrap it up as a nice PWA. So pretty cool. Okay. Now we're on to coding challenge of the month, February, 2020, which I'll just personally announce that it's a disaster because we had some technical <laughs> difficulties and I've screwed up. <laughs> You thought you thought the Iowa Democratic Caucus was bad. Yep. This just leaves it in the dust, huh? So yeah, so me and Michael built this in a live stream several weeks ago, and we somehow forgot to actually publish some of the changes. <laughs> so we've made all the changes and didn't publish it. So we had a couple people saying, uh, "Here's a pull request to fix this or that," um, and so I appreciate those who've given us the feedback. I went to install it myself, and I realized that somehow. Uh, command box will install an empty folder for you for one of the versions hmm. and then when i tried to fix it i didn't have permissions on that repo properly so i couldn't do that either so basically we're gonna say february has been a wash and we're gonna have two um prizes for march because um february was not gone so well you know so. just put the word beta next to it and it makes everything okay yeah so it's this the coding was challenge our- beta of the month Yep. So, um, almost got it already again. So sorry about that, but yeah, a few technical difficulties and I'm actually not sure how Forgebox got an empty folder for a package where the link is good. So it's kind of strange. So I'm going to fix all no that. But 
but yeah so sorry for those who did try and failed um i almost thought about giving somebody you know the the pull request person the prize but i thought that's not fair because everybody else thought it was just broken and it was waiting and uh so we'll do two for next month so we'll we'll fix it up and yeah and scott said he thought the the issues were part of the challenge that you had to get the app working first <laughs> It's, it's kind of like uh, that Code Wars Kata where you have to fix all the syntax errors, you know, to figure yeah. out why it doesn't run. This is kind of the same thing. Like, so surprise. the coding challenge of the month for me is to get it all working. So that just proves one thing, though, guys. We need better QA and we need better testing on everything we do. So mm -hmm. usually when I do my workshops, I, de I delete my folder. Message. Yeah, usually I delete my folder and I reinstall it. I go through all the steps and I delete it again and do it again. And we didn't do that this time because obviously we would have run into a few of these bugs. So my apologies. Uh, I guess the live stream uh, stress got to me and I, we didn't do that. So anyway, our apologies there. Um, but March will have two prizes. So we'll give $25 Amazon gift cards to two people next month. And mm, we should have nice. our, our pull request submission up and running by then too. So you can actually make a pull request and it'll run our test against your code to see if it actually works. So... So yeah, um, so that's it. Speaking um, of Code Wars, if you if it's been a few weeks since you've looked at it, there's a lot more Cold Fusion translations. Yep, um, last week I looked and there was 55, and I know yeah. Adobe and, and Code Wars are talking about trying to get some more work to get even more up there. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I've I personally translated. It. In fact, I keep meaning to make a screencast showing how to translate Akata. It's it's not that hard; it's just a little tedious. Um, but I've probably submitted 15 or 20 translations and I finally found an author that's really quick about submit or about approving them. Mm -hmm. So I've just translated all of that authors cause he's way faster than some of the other ones. Yeah. I noticed uh, that yeah. a lot of the ones you submitted were the same authors. And I bet he realized, Oh, those people just posted something. Therefore they must be active. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've got some translations I did three weeks ago and I can't even get anybody to reply to them. Like the author's off the site no one will pay any attention to it. But I found a user who's super active, super fun and friendly. And he was like, yeah, I'll approve any of yours. I mean, assuming they are up to snuff, obviously. And so I'm just sort Maybe. of focusing on all of his katas and just translating them. So very cool. It's, it's a lot more fun when you do a bunch of work and it doesn't just sit there. <laughs> yep. And uh, Scott said that it'll be no more work when Adobe makes CFES6 <laughs> compliant. Yeah, about that. Yeah, so that was one of the things in Adobe 2020 that I think they publicly announced is they're making it uh, ES6 compliant with JavaScript. So that's the biggest yeah, thing. I don't, with I don't right know what now. they mean by that, but well, they're adding I mean, slice. <laughs> See, they don't need to freaking add. Oh. Anyways, we don't wait, but we already have an array slice, but it works different. See, I, I we talked about it. I think that a whole ES6 thing is a a wild goose chase of, of nonsense. I think they put it on a slide because it sounded cool. And somebody <laughs> was like, ah, ES6, that'll fix a lot of problems. No, no, forget the ES6 crap. Like that will bring zero people over to Cold Fusion. It'll just water down the API. I, mean, cause, I, cause I do like does the, stuff different, I like, right? But I know, but I like the DSL of it more than the curly braces that has stuff in it. You know, like the, the DSL. Well, just like the, changing the HTTP call from the CF HTTP where you but have. But that's not ES6 compliance. No, that's but. That's building but, in better script support for tags. But that's what they're doing, basically, is they're making it 
act like CS, uh, like you know, ES6 compared to just hacking off the the angle brackets and making right. it well, work. They need they need to be clear on <laughs> what they mean when they say ES6 compliance. What what the heck does that mean? Does that Syntax mean that any or... JavaScript code will be the same oh, as Confusion, I or does it just that. mean improving CF script to not be as crappy where it has rough edges? That's probably I mean, what there's, I mean. There's things that aren't the same, and I don't think they should change them at this point. Like mid, you know, in Confusion takes starting character length, right? You know, slice in JavaScript is starting character in character. You know, same basic idea, but it's a two different paradigms. And I don't want them to start mixing the matching the crap between those two. Like keep what we have in CFML, keep it consistent. Like, you know, if you need to improve the syntax, let's talk about that. But this, you know, a blanket, we're going to match ES6. So like, what does that mean? And I don't think we should just be blindly matching ES6. But anyway. Yeah. And John <sighs> just mentioned TypeScript. No. Okay. We move on. <laughs> so let's find a job. So a couple more job postings have popped up uh, uh, this week. So we have a full-time Fusion developer um, for clearance required at uh, oh, actually, sorry, for at Quantico, so clearance required, and that's Australia. That's kind of a strange post. We need to find out more about that. Australia, mate. Yeah, but I'm just, I might like a Confusion job. Yeah, just the clearance required confused me. For we that. were practicing our Australian accents because one of the Fusion Reactor guys, the booth, I believe his name was Andrew. Uh, he he lives in Germany or whatever they're wherever they're located. He was from Australia, so we were having fun with accents at DevNexus. I mean, we were uh, learning things the entire time. That's what I meant to say. Yep, for sure. And then it was another full-time Fusion developer job in Rossland, Virginia. Um, so two jobs huh. there. There's 35 positions available on the site right now from 25 companies across 24 locations in five countries. Some of them um, may be a little older, so just look in order, obviously. Um, but yeah, so next on our list, we have the Forgebox module of the week. And so this week, we have one that I used we this week. Kubyaml. Oh, yep. CBYAML. That, so, that's, that's what it is. So let me show you a screenshot of that for those watching. So the CBYAML uh, Forgebox app is, uh, sorry, Forgebox module is pretty cool. So it's basically just provides you a way to serialize YAML files, which is great when you're working with uh, Docker and build processes. Uh, a lot of them are using YAML now. Um, and basically really simple little module but it takes it and converts it to a cold fusion object so you can use that so i've been doing some pretty cool stuff with it this last week uh, we've been getting docker files uh, docker compose files converting them from yaml over to a cold fusion objects and then getting environment variables in it and then using that to figure out which environment variables we have in our doc compose which ones are missing from our .env so we can do um you know comparisons and make sure we're not pushing stuff without the env files that we need so the yaml pretty cool i would also just like to point out that i put a ticket like what four years ago or something now maybe it hasn't been that long but forever ago into both the lucy bug tracker and the adobe tracker to support yaml as a first class function of cfml in the same way we support json but for some reason nobody other than me apparently sees any value in that and so neither of the cf engines have put forth any effort well, um, i mean it, it would be like Eric insanely because he built the module but yeah well he he excuse me he based his module off of some work that i did back when we were on our esri project i mean all it does is drop in a a, a java library yeah. You know, I think you use snake YAML or something. Mm -hmm. uh, the only annoying thing is when you deserialize like nested, you know, YAML file and you get structs of structs or arrays, you have to go through and like specifically convert each of the levels to be like a native 
ColdFusion struct and native ColdFusion array. Otherwise, you have hash maps and array lists, which, of course, then your stupid member functions don't work on because member functions suck everywhere. Um, so I mean, it'd be really nice if the CF engines would get their butts in gear and do my tickets, and then we could just have, you know, deserialized YAML, which really should be YAML deserialized, but they screwed it up with JSON, so now I've got to figure out which of the <laughs> two divergent, you know, patterns they should follow. Exactly. My, but My so, world is like a, a series of frustrations, Gavin. Nobody does anything right. Yep, apparently. <laughs> Everything's screwed up! Yeah, so it was a, a good little module, uh, tied it in, and then there was one little thing I needed to change to make it from a cold box module to a command box module because we, I was using task runners, mm -hmm. so yep, we, yep. I learned a little bit about more about task runners, loading modules, and then we just basically put in a little check in the the cold box module, and now command box can use it too. So yeah, exactly. pretty cool. And Eric was pretty Johnny on the spot with the pull request, merged it in, and away we Johnny go. on the spot. You know that's like a name for like a porta potty, right? Well, I guess is, that's is that like a New Zealand phrase where it means something else? Probably. <laughs> Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Is that an insult? No, it just means that they're like quick. I guess, you know, like, but I guess Johnny right, on the spot would right, need to be quick. quick. That, that's <laughs> what it means, Eric. Yeah, sure. Okay. So let's move on to obvious code. Hint, tip, and trick of the week. And so this one was actually submitted by Eric Peterson as well. Uh, I use this one as well. But um, so this is Ringlow. So Ringlow has... <laughs> Sounds like something from the Trolls movie. Yeah, almost. It's got 320 plus uh, themes. And so Ringlow is a pretty cool theme. And they even have a, a theme tool oh that gosh. you can actually... These guys have t-shirts and mugs. Everyone has t-shirts and mugs, Brad. Get on the... But, uh, but the cool thing about it is that you can install one theme and then they have a bunch of different variations inside of it. And they have a preview tool that you can click and select, the, uh, you know, look at all the previews. And so you can change it up. And they have high contrast and no, no low contrast. Theme. Oh, dude. Yeah. The theme preview tool. And there's a lot of themes. Oh, wow. So you know how many themes you need, Gavin? Just one. Just one. <laughs> Steam one theme. Exactly. So I was doing something on a screen share with someone the other day and they couldn't see properly, see properly. So I jumped into Wrangler and found a high contrast version that looked better. So when you're presenting, you know, it's good to have the right high contrast or, or whatnot. I'm like so. a deer in headlights here. It's just, I have to click all of them. I feel remiss if I don't view every single theme here in their theme profiler. Spearmint, Sourlick, Warlock. I mean, look at some of these names. Solar Flare. <laughs> What, the, what does this even mean? Shrek, Shrek better have a bunch of green. Okay, it's got a bit of green. <laughs> yeah, so they've got some interesting things, but yeah, they've got uh, 320 plus um, themes, and it's available on other things too. So if you guys are using JetBrains or uh, Sublime or whatever else, they have a whole bunch of different um, plugins for all the different developer tools. But we're using VS Code, and so should you. Right on. Hey, you know what? They use VS Code in that keynote at DevNexus I talked about. Oh, yeah? Red Hat has a whole suite of... of of Java tooling and stuff for Kubernetes and stuff. It's really interesting. Yep. Uh, we're actually working on some of the oldest um, VS code tools, giving them an upgrade and, and whatnot. And I think I saw a pull request for somebody working on a command box version. You did. Yeah. We've, uh, we'll have to talk about that in the next podcast, but there's some, some fun, fun stuff going on with a new command box VS code extension that we've gotten some, some contributions on from the community. So that's going to be super fun. Yep. So very cool. Well, we're way overdue today, so let's get on to Patreon. 
So thank you everybody for our Patreon support. Uh, along with Auto Solutions, Patreon is what makes this podcast happen. And we're actually doing some changes to our Patreon levels, trying to add a few more levels so those podcast lovers and listeners can help us because we need to, you know, make enough to to pay the bills here and uh, get this podcast edited and you know put out there and hosted, etc. So um, we're trying to reach a goal, and I think right now we're about forty percent of the way there for our podcast goal for the month, especially with uh, the soapbox episodes and the conference episodes. You know, we got a lot going on. So we're if you're not a Patreon sponsor, please consider it. Look at our uh, Patreon page at Patreon.com/slash/AutoSolutions, and hopefully you can find a package there that you know you can help with. If not, we you know we do take uh, pull requests and documentation very seriously as well. So. Um, well, we can't we can't deposit those in our bank account though. No, we can't. And apparently, uh, PRs and not can't feed my children. Pull request. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? So yeah, but uh, so thank you for those who are a Patreon sponsor for us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And Brad, it's your turn to go through the list. Well, uh, I did it twice times ago. <laughs> All right, Andrew Davis, Brian White, Carl Von Stetten, Dali, Dan Carr, Daniel Garcia, David Bellinger, Didier Lushnicki, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jan Yannick, Jeremy Adams, John Farrar, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamry, Laskma T, Matthew Clemente, Richard Herbert, Samuel Knowlton, Scott Steinbeck, VJ, and Yogesh Mathur. Thank you to all of you for being Patreon supporters. Yep, we really appreciate all your support there. And again, if you'd like to, to find out more about our sponsors, you can go to autosolutions.com slash about dash us slash sponsors. And we're available on patreon.com slash autosolutions. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for all your help. And, uh, Thank you, everyone who listened to this very long episode, but that means we had some good information for you. So hope you enjoyed it. Brad's like, nope, I didn't. (laughs) Uh, No, yeah, it was horrible. No. (laughs) Okay, everybody have a good one, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.